Scotty. Scotty, come here. Oh, yes, yes, Mistress Brenna. Here, ha- t- just take this. <gasps> Mistress Brenna has presented Scotty with a podcast. It's fun fiction. Welcome to Fun Fiction, ladies and gentlemen, the weekly show about movies, media, and the people who write about them. I am your host, Scotty Moore. And I'm your other host, Brenna Clark. What's up, guys? Oh, Brenna, this is my redemption. This episode will be my redemption. Is it? I liked it! Thank God. I really liked it. Like, I'm not... I'm reading the book as well right now, but I've not finished it. And I was going to finish it when I got home from work today. And instead, my body said, hey, Scotty, how about a nap ski? And so I, yes. just, I just took a nap instead. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I would choose a nap over pretty much anything any day. So I do not blame you. Yeah, yeah. So um, I woke up and went, oh, God, I have no idea what this movie's about. So uh, I ended up watching the movie at 1.5 times speed. So I watched it at, like, super speed. But I still really, really enjoyed it. I liked it a whole lot more than I liked the first one. I'm so happy for you. But you you need to take this as a lesson not to judge a series by its first installment. Yeah. Which you should know already. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, as the man who hated Steve Harrington in season one of Stranger Things, yes, I really don't need to be doing this. Yeah, example A. Yeah. Oh, I mean, the the best way I can describe it is this feels like when Harry Potter became Harry Potter. Like, it went from, oh, we're going to try to make this one movie about this series and see where it goes and it went from that to no this is about to become seven seven movies of awesomeness this is where they finally got like that full confidence to go buck wild with it and i loved it well yeah they have to get that first awkward stage out of the way like yeah these are all these people and this is what they do and this is like the bad guy and this is you know all the backstory nonsense and then they get to play yeah right right well also another one is the fact that a lot of scenes from this movie are in my favorite ride at Universal, which is the Harry Potter ride. Like, Ugh. so many. Like, the Whomping Willow is in there. The Spider Cave is in there. It's very much, like, everything from this put into a ride. So the whole time I'm looking going, like, I know this! <laughs> that would be my mecca, because this is my favorite one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I can definitely say see this being, like, one of the best, even though I've only read... Too so, of yeah. the one, of the ones I've read, this is the best. You've got a long way to go, my dude, but we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, can I just say, um, how do wand? How do wand, Brenna? Because like the first movie, they're like the wand chooses the wizard, and it's the most important thing a wizard can have. It's your wand, and then Ron fucking breaks his, and like I just get another one. Well, just. <laughs> That, just be, okay, but you have to think, like, everything's replaceable, so sure, like, a wand can choose a wizard, but something can happen to that one, and you can get another one. So you, Like, you're so not if, just gonna go wandless, you have magic, you just need a stick to 
Point so, it and do it. <laughs> so you're saying you can murder your wand all you want. Doesn't matter. Go through, murder all these wands that had this deep emotional connection to you, and you can just get a new one. Well, I, I don't want to ruin anything, but this is just the tip of the iceberg, my friend, in the mm-hmm. wand department. Oh, also, speaking of breaking things, does Harry break his glasses in every fucking book? Because I'm seeing a running theme where Harry breaks his th- breaks his glasses and then forgets, oh, wait, I have magic to fix these. It, 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 it comes up a lot, yes. Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, also, I know this is a character that a lot of people out there love, and I, I, I'm not gonna shit on Harry Potter on this one. Instead, I'm gonna shit on another character who is beloved, and that's Dobby, who can eat a whole fucking dick. I, I know! I have so many, like, notes on him. Like, I, okay, he's, his intentions are good, but he is so dumb. Like, I can't, why would you, uh, A, try to Break Harry's arm off, which is yeah. the worst one to me. And then B, just like, I don't know, like, he could have gotten him killed even at the Dursley's house. Like, dumping that cake on that lady's head, like. Yeah, what? exactly. Dobby was just like, I, I do not want Harry Potter to go to school, so instead I'm going to make him think he has no friends Fuck up his home life and destroy everything. Exactly. But here's the thing. Like, it, Harry is being a dumbass, too, because why can't why can't you just say, okay, Dobby, sure, yeah, I'm not going to go to Hogwarts and then go to Hogwarts. Like, he's a house elf. How's he going to know? Yeah. The fuck you going to do, Dobby, until that last scene where Dobby's just like, I'm free now. Suck a dick. And then just like this exactly. massive bust of electricity beating the shit out of Lucius. Yeah, well, he he did almost use a killing curse on Harry, so go Dobby. But yeah. I... I uh, that last scene was know. the only time where I felt good about Dobby. That last scene where he's like gets the sock sneakily, and I'm like, "That's really neat." He <laughs> go he for gets, you, Dobby. He gets better as time goes on, but this first movie, it's just like, I don't. Mm-hmm. Why are you trying to ruin my life? Yeah, yeah. Also, um, I love the fact that Lucius just proves that if you're evil in a Slytherin or kind of evil, they all talk the same. Like, Snape, Lucius, all of them have that same, just like, Hello, I am (laughs) going to talk like this to prove that I'm a bad guy. Hello, everybody! (laughs) It's like a southern Montgomery accent, just very slow and deliberate. So you catch everything that they say. If every evil Slytherin had a southern accent. Well, hello there, Mr. Potter. It's good Uh, to see you today. Welcome back to Slytherin House. Oh, no. My son, welcome back to Slytherin House. My name is Severus Snap. Would you like a mint julep, son? No. No, I don't like it. I know. That's why he has that long cloak, because he has a shit ton of mint juleps all against his chest, like in a fucking bandolero. And anytime someone comes into his office, he's like, Welcome, gentlemen. Would you like a mint julep before we discuss our dark deeds? 
Are these virgin mint juleps? These are children we're talking about. No, it's uh, you can have a little bit of that. That's from me, Severus Snip. Oh my god. <laughs> also, uh, speaking of the evil people, I love the fact that Harry apparently just don't know how the word die. Got- like, they look at oh. him and are like, they're like, look, say it fucking exact or things will go wrong. Diagon Alley, and then Harry steps in, and in the book it makes sense, because in the book he's like coughing from the flu powder and shit, and so with that I can get behind, but in the movie, Harry's just a dumbass, and is like Diagon Alley? Oh, I didn't didn't go to Diagon Alley for some reason, I have no idea what I did wrong. Here's the thing, though, that I try to tell myself is that he was probably experiencing a whole lot of social anxiety because when somebody is telling you, hey, do this and we're all going to watch you do it, then it's like, oh, shit, I have to do it and do it perfectly or they're going to make fun of me. And then Diagonale comes out. (laughs) Diagonale. Brenna, I have, he speaks like a Slytherin. <laughs> Diagon Alley, if you could. That's why. I was wondering, I was like, wait a minute, why does Diagon Alley take him to Nocturne Alley? Because those it's two because- sound, they sound nothing alike, but apparently it's just because he was using the Slytherin pronunciation of Diagon Alley. That's exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. Also, um, this is the first movie that really kind of fleshes out Diagon and Nocturne Alley. And having been to Harry Potter World and seeing, like, Diagon Alley in person, they got a lot of shit right. Like, the alleyway going into Nocturne is exact. The store he starts out in is one of my favorite stores in Universal. It's the most, like, precise thing I've ever seen in my life. They have Morgan and Burks in in Universal? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. No, that's scary. Oh, it's dope. I've got, I bought a bunch of skull stuff from it because. <laughs> of course you did. Because uh, essentially, Nocturne Alley is the hot topic of Diagon Alley. It's where oh. they all go to get their novelty t shirts and pop figures of famous dark arts wizards. You know what? You're right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like the idea that Hagrid, Hagrid wasn't there to pick up whatever he said he was. He just really wanted the new MCR album. <laughs> he, was, he just didn't want to admit it to Harry. He was just like, trying to get to the Black Parade, Harry, I'm sorry. <laughs> needed a new Panic at the Disco t-shirt. <laughs> I needed that new Panic at the Disco. Have you ever heard Brendan Urie? He's a good man. He's Harry. really good. <laughs> Oh, man. Also, can I just say, uh, this movie introduced me to my favorite character in the entire Harry Potter mythos, and I'm mad because I know he's not going to come back that much. And Tom Riddle? <laughs> oh, no. You, you're you skipping ahead to my newest man crush, Tom I Riddle. I know. I know. Because <laughs> <laughs> it started out, and I, all I could think was just like, wow, I really like the way they did this character. He's really cool. And then as it went on, I was like, I want to marry you. Yep. It it was a hard time for me because I was like, but Draco, but Tom, what will I'm, I do? I want that Tom. Also, I love the fact that his name is an anagram for I am Lord Voldemort instead of just yeah. Lord Voldemort. As if he was trying to come up with a cool name with an anagram of his name and was like, fuck it. Let's just use these letters to make I am and then it'll make sense in the future. He's super extra. Like, he, he is. 
just writing in the air like this check this out guys it'll all make sense in just a minute floop <laughs> i am lord did Voldemort. You, did you ever play scrap well hold on he is an evil <laughs> slytherin so it's more like did you ever play scrabble harry look at this <laughs> the letter goes up here Oh Triple world score. So says I. Dark Lord Voldemort. <laughs> um, fuck. But no, going back. Gilderoy Lockhart is the oh, flaming no, queen Scotty. of the wizard. No, I, I loved him. No, you're talking about Voldemort or Tom Riddle being extra. Gilderoy is the ultimate. Just like, hello, everybody. It's me, Gilderoy Lockhart. He. <sighs> I don't even know where to start. He makes me want to throw up. I can't. He's he's ego personified. I just can't. I know one spell and that's about it. But I'm going to use it on everybody. And, uh, the biggest coward and the, the biggest liar. Which, you know what? Good for him that he sold all these books and made all these people believe him. And honestly, he's really not that hot either. So I don't see what all these little women's in the Harry Potter universe are saying. Mm-hmm. But like, what's happening? Because yeah. he's a heroic figure. I don't know. But I'm just like, dude. This flaming queen of a wizard. He killed multiple things. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess that's sexy. I don't know. Yeah. Also, um, this is just a little extra thing for me. I don't know why, but I really want the Whomping Willow to be able to speak, and also I want it to be voiced by Hulk Hogan. I don't know why that oh came my God. to me during that scene, but just like the car gets caught, he's like, "What are you doing in the branches, brother?" And then like decks him down. <laughs> Whomp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just made a connection, Whomping. It's because the sound. Yeah, what okay. the fuck? How did you not know that? Because <laughs> I'm not intelligent. It's fine. Also, God bless their shitty little car. I know, that poor little Ford Angela, man. It's it's a mm-hmm. hot mess. I love the fact that the car was so pissed off at Ron and Harry at one point that they just... That it just... The car, the car itself was like, get the fuck out. Take your shit. I'm going into the woods to hang out with evil people. Let's go. But listen, then it comes back and saves their tail. It was like, that's the sweetest thing to me. This car just like, all right, bitches, let's go. You're going to die. I must save you from this spot. Can I just say, I don't usually scream during movies, but when that fucking spy, I just scream, oh fuck, like as that spider creeps over, and I was like, nope, that's ten pounds of nope in a five pound bag right there, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I, I'm I'm okay with spiders, like as long as they're not touching me or in my space, but that monster of a thing, no thank you, sir, ma'am. Yeah, yeah. You know he's in the Harry Potter ride, too, right? Like, your car is just floating about, and then all of a sudden it stops, and then bright lights, water hits you, so it feels like it's spitting on you, and then the spider is just there like, Hey, everybody, it's me, Giant Spider. Oh, bye! And then your cart goes away. I'm glad that you warned me, because I'm never going on that ride. But it's fu- the rest of it's fine, other than the giant dragon that breathes fire on you and the Whomping Willow attacking you, and also the snake corpse. 
Oh, no. It's the yeah. dead one? Yeah, it's the dead one. Like, the actual snake's not there. I'm sorry. But you do get no. to go inside the uh, cha- the chamber of sucrets. I do love the chamber of sucrets. That, that's how the Slytherins say it. <laughs> Welcome to the chamber of sucrets. <laughs> the sucrets. Oh, man. Like, that whole... The spider scene was just the worst, dude. Well, here's the thing. I feel like there are a lot of plot points in this movie that led, like, fucking nowhere. Like, the polyjuice potion thing. I literally had to text Emily before we started recording, like, wait a minute, why did they need polyjuice potion? And she's like, well, oh, to, to go see Malfoy and see if Malfoy knows anything. I'm like, yeah, but Malfoy didn't know anything. Yeah, that's a They point. didn't know that. And I think it's a bigger deal in the book but we don't really have time for that in the movie yeah yeah and then also well hold on other than realizing that hagrid didn't open the chamber of secrets is there any other point for that spider scene other than follow the spiders okay cool we're gonna follow the spiders oh fuck there's a giant spider well we're gone now the end scott you don't these things that you're bringing up they're important plot points like we have to have them. Yeah, but like it don't. He doesn't get Tom. Tom Riddle's diary is just like handed to him. He's like, "Here you go, dog." Or I'm sorry, Moaning Myrtle. Which, by the way, the fact that Moaning Myrtle got fucking snakes on a plane ruined that bathroom at Universal where she's speaking now. Because the whole time I'm like, "Man, I'm just pissing near this ghost that got chomped this on the dead ass girl. by a snake." Well, no. I knew she was a dead girl, but the fact that she got murdered by a snake brutally is when I'm like. Yeah, what no, did I'm, you I'm think good. that she died peacefully, dude? Like, I thought she, she just like to... El- I thought she like Elvised out. I thought she no. just like died on the toilet after eating pop rocks and coke. Oh my god, no! That that's not. She wouldn't come back for that. <laughs> She's like, I want to get my revenge on pop rocks and coke for what they did to me. And that's how the little Mikey's commercial started. <laughs> Also, can I just say the vine of uh, the scene where they're getting, where they're on the trying to get to Hogwarts, oh my and the God. Hogwarts Express appears behind them. The vine where they replace the Hogwarts Express with Thomas, with Thomas the, the Train. Yeah, it fucking ruined that scene for me. That's a really disturbing vine. Like Thomas's face has always scared me, and it's like <laughs> you're about to be murdered. Mm-hmm. Well, my favorite was this is the only time I actually wrote, like, notes while watching it. So I've got a bunch of small stuff about scenes that don't actually matter. But I do love the sentence, grasp your mandrake and pull it out. Because I believe that's the official official catchphrase of every 14-year-old boy. Gross. I did not need to hear that. I'm sorry. Oh, but speaking of 14-year-old boys, this this is where the love of my life is. Hit his glow up. Did you see this? Yes. That little boy become this magnificent, torturous man that is Draco Malfoy. Well, not Mm-mm. only that, I feel like it got, like, I started to get into the plight of Draco Malfoy. I went from being like, oh, she's just writing him as, like, this douchebag. But no, I started to feel for him. Like, the opening, the opening scene where you see him and his father, and his father's like, I'll see you at work. And then Malfoy just kind of copies him and goes, see you at school. I'm like, he's just yeah. learning from his dad. That's it. And I, I don't feel bad about Harry, like, the fact that Malfoy's mad at Harry. Like, 
He's a Slytherin. He wants to be the most popular, and the fact that this kid walks in already super popular? Yeah, no wonder he gets mad about Harry. I'm so- I could- I could just hug you right now. I'm so glad that you were- that you have opened your heart and your mind and that you know now. Look, no, I will always- if it's a Slytherin, I will always be, like, trying my best to defend them. Unless it's Lucius, that fucking evil John Ham of a human being. Oh, God. That's a good comparison. Yeah. Who just pimps in, like, hello, Mr. Weasley. How are you doing today? I see you're here with your- Poor children. With their dirty faces. With that dirty, he got dirt on his noobs. Did you notice that in the bookshop that Draco pulls a page out of a book before he goes to talk to Harry? No. And that huh? page later ends up in Hermione's hand. Oh shit, really? Well, that's my theory. And. I don't know if it's canonical, but it is in my brain. Yeah, yeah. Also, the wizard's duel was just dope as shit. Like, like anytime a rival rivals get a chance to just kind of go off against one another, I get so hyped. I'm like, yeah! Get him, Malfoy! They j- <laughs> but they just, like, shot each other on their butts, basically. Like, and except Mal- for the snake And thing. Malfoy was like, snake! I don't that- know why he thought... I think he just... Like, thought of a random spell and just said it? No, no, he'd been watching Pokemon at home and it was like, This is how it works? Go, Arbok! (laughs) I was about to say, Ekans, I choose you! (laughs) Also, um, can I just say, like, I didn't, I tried my best to stay fully positive, but there is one line at the end that really irked me, and it's when Dumbledore is just like, Due to recent events... All exams have been cancelled. I'm like, dog, do you know how school works? What do you mean how school works? You're just gonna let them all go on to next year? Like, you gotta test them. You gotta make sure they're capable. There could be some dude who's just, like, running around turning everything into peanut butter, and that's it. And he's just like, no, he's good. Let him go. Hold on, hold on. How is turning everything into peanut butter a bad thing? I would pass that guy. It's his only skill, though, Brenna. So, like, he goes into, like... So? (laughs) He goes into defense against the dark arts, and they're like, All right, a a basilisk is slithering towards you. What do you do? Peanut butter! (laughs) He can get a job at the magical PB&J factory. I mean, it's fine. His name is... A-pluses all across the board. His name is, uh, his name is Jif Smooth. Jif <laughs> Smooth, the wizard of peanut butter. Who is, who is Jif Crunchy then? No, 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 like that's his, that's, no, that's, Jif Smooth is like in fucking Hufflepuff, Jif Crunchy is in Slytherin. Oh god, okay. He's like, hello, I am <laughs> super evil. Crunchy peanut butter. It's gonna ruin any bread you try to spread it on. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. But uh, Brenna, you know we had a we've read we've read the book, we've seen the movie. Well, I haven't finished the book, but I feel like I'm getting lazy. I don't want to read anymore. I just wish someone could read for me. Yeah, you know that that would be really helpful, actually. Yeah, and if you guys. 
want someone to read Harry Potter in the Chamber of Secrets to you, you can get a free 30-day of trial of Audible with our new official Audible link. We're moving up, Brenna. We got an Audible link. You can download over 800,000 e-books. I'm sorry, I've not studied all the notes oh, they've God. given us. But you can get over 100,000 ebooks on there, including my books, Quizzlecorp and Quizzlecorp Risen, or Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. And you can get a free 30-day trial by going to audibletrial.com slash network. And with that, you can download any free ebook you want in that 30-day trial. We're giving you free stuff just by going to audibletrial.com slash network. Now, Brenna. Yes. I know we're we're revisiting Harry Potter this week, and uh, my fan fiction, of course, is going to revisit my character Samuel Nails. So people are going to get to hear about what happens in, next in Samuel Nails's life. But there's another story we're fuck. There's another story we're revisiting <laughs> this week, and it is the story of. Ebony fucking long-ass name McGillicuddy and her oh adventures in My Immortal. Oh, B, it's not good. It's That's so... the point. All right, last last time we were here, I believe if I remember correctly, uh, Ebony went on a fun date with Draco and they ended up, like, boning in the woods or something. But then a she finds times. out... But also Harry Potter, he's renamed himself Vampire, Vampire. for some reason. Mm. And Vampire and Draco are, like, cheating on Ebony with each other. As I don't, one does. As one does. And so now this is chapter eight. This is the next thing. Because uh, the last thing we heard is the fact that she tracked down Vampire Potter and got him in class screaming, Vampire Potter, you motherfucker. So this is the next right. one. Chapter eight. Author's note. Stop flashing, okay? If you do, deprep. No fucking clue what that means. Everything else I've had, like, a good idea. No clue what stop flashing means. <laughs> Everyone in the class stared at me, and then Draco came into the room, even though he was naked, and started begging me to take him back. Ebony, it's not what you think! Draco screamed sadly. My friend B-Luddy Mary Smith smiled at me understatedly. She flipped her long waist-length gothic black hair and opened her crimson eyes like blood that she was wearing contact lenses on. She had pale white skin that she was wearing white makeup on. Hermione was kidnapped when she was born. What? What? Uh, I guess that's just a little bit of a fun fact there. Her real parents are vampires and one of them is a witch, but Voldemort killed her mother and her father committed suicide because he was depressed about it. She still has nightmares about it, and she is very haunted and depressed. It also turns out that her real last name is Smith and not Granger. Wait, so is this... I guess it's Hermione's? I don't know. Since she com- since she converted to Satanism, she's in Slytherin now, not Gryffindor. Stop! Our people aren't evil, okay? <laughs> you chose this. I hope you know. I didn't choose... I cho- the Slytherin life chose me, okay? Not that! You chose this fanfiction, oh, you I'm dingus. Sorry. What is it that you desire, you ridiculous dimwit? Snape demeaned angrily in his cold voice, but I ignored him. Vampire! I can't believe you cheated on me with Draco! I shouted at him. Everyone gasped. I don't know why Ebony was so mad at me. 
I went. I had went out with Vampire. I'm by, and so is Ebony for a while. But then he broke my heart. He dumped me because he liked Brittany, a stupid preppy fucker. We were just good friends now. He had gone through horrible problems, and now he was goth- gothic. <laughs> like I would hang out with a prep. But I'm not going out with Draco anymore," said Vampire. Yeah, fucking right. Fuck off, you bastard. I screamed. I ran out of the room and into the Forbidden Forest where I had lost my virility to Draco, and then I started to bust into tears. Chapter 9. Author's note. Stop flaming, okay? I didn't read all the books. This is from the movie, okay? So it's not my fault if Dumbledore swears. But sweet... Oh, that's a tough one. B-E-S-U-I-Z-D-S. Besuizd. I said he had a headache. So that's why Dumbledore oh, swears that he has a headache. And the reason right. Snap doesn't like Harry now is because he's Christian as vampire is Satanist. MCR rocks! Oh, I was so mad and sad. I couldn't believe Draco for cheating on me. I began to cry against the tree where I did it with Draco. And then all of a sudden... <laughs> And horrible man with red eyes and no nose and everything started flying towards me on a broomstick. He didn't have a nose, basically like Voldemort in the movie, and he's wearing all black, but it was obvious he wasn't gothic. It was Voldemort. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> he doesn't have a nose like Voldemort. It's Voldemort. <laughs> Fun fact. Good to know. No, I shouted in a scared voice, but then Voldemort shouted, Imperious, and I couldn't run away. Crookshanks! I shouted at him. Voldemort fell off his broom and started to scream. I felt bad for him, even though I'm a sadist, so I stopped. Ebony! Oh, wait, hold on. Ebony! He yelled. Thou must kill Vampire Powder! I thought about Vampire and his sexy eyes, and his gothic black hair, and how his face looks just like Joel Madden. I remember that Draco had said I didn't understand, so I thought, what if Draco went out with Vampire before I went out with him and they broke up? No, Voldemort, I shouted back. <laughs> oh, this next line. Voldemort gave me a gun. <laughs> no, please, I begged. Thou must, he yelled. If thou does not, then I shall kill thy beloved Draco. <gasps> How did you know, I asked in a surprised right way. Voldemort got a dude you're so stupid look on his face. I have telekinesis, That's- he he answered cruelly. That's not telekinesis. And if you doth not kill Vampire, then thou know what will happen to Draco, he shouted. Then he flew away angrily on his broomstick. I was so scared and mad, I didn't know what to do. Suddenly, Draco came into the woods. Draco, I said. Hi. Hi, he said back, but his face was all sad. He was wearing white foundation and messy eyeliner, kind of like a pentagram between Joel Madden and Gerard Way. Are you okay? I asked. No, he answered. I'm sorry I got all mad at you, but I thought you cheated on me. I expelled. That's okay. He said all depressed, and we went back into Hogwarts together, making out. Chapter 10 I was really scared about Voldemort all day. I was even upset, went to rehearsals with my gothic metal band, Bloody Gothic Rose 666. I'm the lead singer of it, and I play guitar. People say we sound like a cross between Good Charlotte, Slipknot, and MCR. The other people in the band are Bloody Mary, Vampire, Draco, Ron, although we call him Diablo now. Oh my gosh. Diablo Weasley. He has black hair now with blue streaks in it. And Hargrid, 
Hargrid. Only today Draco and Vampire were depressed, so they weren't coming, and we wrote songs instead. Va Vampire was probably watching a depressing movie like Corpse Bride. I put on a black leather shirt that showed off my boobs and tiny magic miniskirt that said simple plan on the butt. You might think I'm a slut, but I'm really not. We were... All right. That's we what sluts say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Voldemort pops in. That's exactly what sluts say, my dear. <laughs> we were singing a cover of Helena, and at the end of the song, I suddenly burst into tears. Ebony, are you okay? Bloody Mary asked in a concerted voice. What the fuck do you think? I asked angrily, and then I said, Well, Voldemort came, and the fucking bastard told me to fucking kill Harry. But I don't want to kill him, because he's really nice, even if he did grow out with Draco. And if I don't kill Harry, then Voldemort will fucking kill Draco. I burst into tears. Suddenly, Draco jumped out from behind a wall. Why didn't you fucking tell me? He shouted. How could you, you, you fucking poser muggle bitch? See, is that out of character? Yes, thank you for the author's note. I, st I started to cry and cry. Draco started to cry too, all sensitive. Then he ran out crying. We practiced for one more hour, then suddenly Dumbledore walked in angrily. His eyes were all fiery and I knew this time it wasn't because he had a headache. What have you done? He started to cry wisely. See, that's basically nut swearing, and this time he was really upset, and you will see why. Ebony Draco has been found in his room. He committed suicide. No. No. Chapter 11. I'm done with these fucking author's notes. I can't. I can't anymore. You did well. It's okay. No! I screamed. I was horrified. Bloody Mary tried to comfort me, but I told her to fuck off, and I ran to my room crying myself. Dumbledore chased after me, shouting, but he had to stop when he went into my room because he would look like a perv if he did. Anyways, I started crying tears of blood. They got all over my clothes, so I took them off and jumped into the bath angrily while I put on a Linkin Park song at full volume. <laughs> In the end! It doesn't... Sorry. Oh my god! I gr I grabbed a stake and almost stuck it into my heart to commit. Uh, okay. I grabbed a S T E A K and almost stuck it into my heart to commit suicide. I love the. F I know she meant m wooden stake, but I love the fact that she has just like this meat and she's like. Eh, eh, eh. I was so fucking depressed. I got out of the bathtub and put on a black low cut dress with lace all over it, sandly. She's really into fashion. I put on black high heels with pink metal stuff on the ends and six pairs of skull earrings. I couldn't fucking believe it. Then I looked out the window and screamed. Snap was snying on me and he was taking a photo with me. And Lupin was masticating to it. They were what? sitting on they were masticating. They were sitting on their broomsticks. Ew, you fucking perv! Stop looking at me naked! Are you pedos or what? I screamed, putting on a black towel with a picture of Marilyn Mason on it. You know, that great singer, Marilyn Mason. Suddenly, I love Marilyn Mason. Suddenly, Vampire ran in. Abracadabra! <laughs> You're close! He yelled at Snape and Lupin, pointing his womb. I took my gun and shot Snape and Lupin a gazillion times, and they both started screaming, and the camera broke. Suddenly, Dumbledore ran in. Ebony! It has been revealed that someone is. Oh, fuck no! 
He shouted, looking at Snape and Lupin, and then he waved his wand, and suddenly, Hargrid, he has never spelled Hagrid right once in this, ran outside on his broom and said, everyone, we need to talk. What do you know, Hargrid? You're just a little Hogwarts student. I may be a Hogwarts student. Hargrid paused angrily, but I'm also a Satanist. This cannot be. Snap said in a crisp voice, his blood dripped from his hand where Dumbledore's wand had shot him. There must be other factors. You don't have any! I yelled in madly. Lupin held up the camera triumph, triumph elephantly. Well. The lens may be ruined, but the tape is still there. I felt faint, more than I normally do, how it feels when you do not drink enough blood. Why are you doing this? Lupin said angrily while he rubbed his dirty hands on his cluke. And then I heard the words that I had heard before, but not from him. I did not know whether to feel shocked and happy or to bite him and drink his blood because I felt faint. Because, because, Hargid said, and he paused in the air dramatically, waving his wand in the air. Then he swooped, he in, singing to the tune of a gothic version of a song by 50 Cent. What? Because you're gothic? Snape asked in a little afraid voice because he was afraid to admit he was connected with Satan. Because I love her! Aww. Hargrid loves the lady. And that's it for this episode. Thank God. Of, <laughs> of my immortal. Uh, be, I mean... I know it's going to be hard to one-up that bad boy right there. Yeah, I shouldn't have even done a fan fiction this week. Yeah, I, I just, yeah dog. I don't know why we let you go first. <clears throat> um, I have Of Loneliness and Chocolate Frogs by Aww. 16 Pennies. And guys, I am sick, so enjoy my sick voice. All right. Hermione put her chin on her hand with a huff and glared at the splendid countryside rushing past. Where were Harry and Ron? Naturally, she had assumed the three of them would share a compartment on the Hogwarts Express and had quickly secured one for them all and relentlessly defended it from anyone who had tried to join her. Now she was left alone in the compartment she had so keenly prevented anyone else from entering and rather unhappy. A part of her was frantically analyzing every moment since the start of their friendship, wondering where she had gone wrong to possibly scare them away. The other part was furious that they had left her like this and was scripting exactly how she would inform them of their error when she next saw them. She had supported... No. They had supported each other and gone through everything last year, so why on earth would they abandon her now? They were here, she was certain. She had seen the Weasleys on Platform 9 and 3 quarters and had watched with sympathy as Ginny shyly searched for a seat among all the strangers. In fact, Hermione was almost tempted now to find wherever Ginny had settled herself and politely request the location of her older brother and his silly friend who apparently were not aware that the word trio entailed three members, not two. But Hermione had always been the sensible one in their trio, and so she merely shook her head grumpily and stood to retrieve her trunk from the rack above her head. She kept her eyes focused on the task at hand as she unlocked the latches and began to search through her neatly organized belongings. Rather unhappily, she noticed that in the absence of Harry and Ron, her old self-consciousness, which had pl plagued her during her first year, was creeping back. She moved with purpose as she bustled around the compartment, picking a book from her trunk and desperately hoping that she did not look hopelessly lonely to anyone who might see. 
The book was a rather massive volume, the extended version of the edition required for second-year charms. Settling herself back in her seat by the window, Hermione placed the hefty tome on her knees and prepared to absorb every last scrap of information she could possibly extract. She had already read the book. Twice, actually, but if Harry and Ron had better things to do than sit with her, then she certainly had more important things to do than Philip said about it. Besides, she thought in a desperate attempt to convince herself, her color-coded notes could always use some adjustment, and now was the perfect opportunity. Honestly, it was a good thing Harry and Ron, or anyone else for that matter, weren't here. How could she be expected to focus with them moaning about Snape or Malfoy or loudly consuming every sweet from the trolley while yelling about Quidditch? No, it was a very good thing they had left her to herself. With her chin high, Hermione propped up the book in her lap and began to scan the pages with a look of fierce determination. The curriculum for the year was quite interesting, she mused as she turned the page to the chapter on locating charms, and didn't at all consider trying one, thank you very much. Her hand stopped midway through flipping the page when she heard a light tapping at the door in a soft voice. Something from the trolley, dear. The witch peered at Hermione with a look of obvious pity. Hermione gave a polite smile and confidently answered, No, thank you. She was quite determined not to appear unhappy on her own or to think of how Harry and Ron were probably clumsily filling their messy trunks with chocolate frog cards at this moment. The old witch moved on, pushing the trolley down the aisle. Hermione, grateful the interruption had passed, returned to her book. Or at least she tried to. Something caught her eye and she, he for, she forgot all about charms as she gazed out the window and looked to the sky. Upon recognizing Mr... Weasley's enchanted car flying rather violently after the Hogwarts Express, Hermione's jaw fell open in absolute shock. She stood from the seat and pressed herself against the window for a better look, not even aware of her beloved textbook tumbling inelegantly to the floor. Her first thought was why, and was quickly followed by who. The latter was quickly answered as one of the doors fell open and a figure dangled out of it. The car seemed ready to roll in midair, and Hermione felt a surge of panic in her throat as she realized that was Harry Potter, of all people, hanging so very high above the English countryside with no possible salvation in sight. The paralysis lasted only a moment, though, and in a second Hermione had her wand firmly in hand and unwaveringly aimed at the lopsided car in the sky. Vaguely, she noted the cries of alarm from the other compartments as students spotted the frankly ridiculous sight outside. This did not distract Hermione in the slightest, and she swished and flicked her wand, hissing Wingardium Leviosa under her breath. She smiled. It felt good to do magic again. She watched with satisfaction as the car righted itself with Harry safely inside it. Securing her wand, she let out a sigh of relief and closed her eyes. Her frustration and anger were forgotten in favor of terror and confusion. Perhaps they were doing something. Whatever were they doing anyway, she intended to find out. Immensely stupid. But at least they were safe. She could be angry at them later. And oh, she would be angry. What were they thinking, flying a car to school instead of taking the train? Hermione couldn't fathom it. Was it for the thrill? Attention? Or had something happened which somehow prevented them from boarding with other students? Hermione banished these worrying thoughts from her head and stepped over her charms book, hurrying to the aisle of the train. Other students were exclaiming all sorts of things about the spectacular survival of the unexplained flying car, but... Hermione did not hear them as she searched for the sweets trolley. Excuse me. The kind witch turned to Hermione with a warm smile. Yes, dear, can I get you something? 
three chocolate frogs, please, said Hermione, reaching into her pocket for some sickles. Hermione hid the frogs in her trunk, tucking them beneath a few innocent jumpers and internally scolding herself for her compassion. After this episode, the last thing the boys deserved was treats. She considered saving them for herself instead, but this weak determination was squashed by a pleasant mental image of Ron and Harry happily gobbling up the sweets by the common room fire. Sitting by the window again, Hermione absently stroked the creases out of the pages of her book and carefully watched the car's progress across the sky. It was more stable now. But just in case, her fingers curled around her wand beside her. Yes, she would be very angry. They were being unbelievably stupid stealing a car like this. It was hardly what one would call safe. She would tell them this. She would be very angry. Perhaps she wouldn't even speak to them for a few days once she found their motives and judged them for herself. But without a doubt, they were being idiots no matter the reason. But they were not sitting in another compartment stuffing themselves with treats and laughing without her. She would be very angry but she would not be alone. Hermione smiled and opened her book again, making sure to look up every few moments to check the car was still in the air. The end. Oh, that one was just sweet. Yes, a little sweet, nice one. It also led me to remember two questions I had, which was, A, why did the gate close? Which I don't... Dobby Dobby closed it. Is it Dobby? Dobby? Okay, motherfucker, because I also... The other one was... Who messed with the bludger during the Quidditch game? And it's also Dobby. Dobby. Yeah. That piece Every- of shit. Everything that goes wrong in this book is Dobby's fault. I, I, re- no, Dobby, I don't like Dobby. I'm sorry. Also, um, I saw a much, uh, yours was sweet and I loved it, but I did see a much better version of what Hermione was doing on a Tumblr post that Emily sent me. And it was, I wonder what, uh, Hermione was doing in book two when Ron and Harry were having to fly to school and then they were just like when Harry and Ron aren't aren't home and it's Hermione and Crookshanks fucking doing that exact Aww. it's so good that's I what like, I would yes. be doing yeah Oh my god, it, it made me so hype. But you know what else gets me so hype, Brenna? What gets you so hype, Scotty? All of our lovely patrons at patreon.com slash a load of BS. They are what keep this show going. They're who keep us on our feet. And you can help us out as well by going over to patreon.com slash a load of BS and donating a little bit of money for the price of a singular cup of butterbeer at Universal Studios. You could blow our minds with like a $5, $10 donation, but every single little bit you guys can give helps over at patreon.com slash a load of BS. And now Brenna, it's now yes. time to get into my fan fiction of the week, and we are revisiting my boy. Good old, Good old sna- snails. Snails, Samuel Nails. Because I want, I originally wanted it to almost be like an anthology series where each year we followed a different Slytherin throughout the years, like a different one this year than a different one next year. But I realized I had too much with snails. I had too many ideas for old Sammy Nails, and with that, uh, I wanted to revisit his life. And so uh, let's just get back into the tale of Nails. Let's do it. My, my, my name is Samuel Nails, and I'm going to be the best Slytherin of all time. We went to Diagon Alley today to get my books for my second year. 
Our owl Bertram brought me my Hogwarts letter <laughs> earlier today. It'd been a while since we'd seen him, and he showed up smelling of cigarettes and bourbon. We weren't really sure where he had been. It took me a while to pry the letter out of his beak, sustaining several injuries in the process, but I finally got it. My letter welcoming me back to Hogwarts. Diagon Alley was buzzing with excitement, numerous people running hither and thither. I saw old classmates, first years, and I even got to meet Gilderoy Lockhart. He's kind of a douche, though. I did find this one weird place, though. I turned a wrong corner after Mom went off to get us two butterbeers and ended up in this weird place. It was so dark with these wizards and darkened cloaks walking everywhere, and they kept looking at me with these big smiles as they passed by. It was super creepy. Mom finally pulled me out after a few moments. What were you doing in there? She asked nervously as I looked back towards a sign reading Nocturne Alley. I'm sorry, I was just exploring and I... I found that. That is for Wizards of the Dark Arts, Sammy. The ones that give Slytherin a bad name. Do you really want to associate with those people, Samuel? She was right. I nearly slipped. Just being seen going into Nocturne Alley would have been enough to start associating my name with the Dark Arts. There's no turning around the Slytherin name with that on my record. She handed me my butterbeer and I gulped it down with a smile as I asked for another. She quickly declined as I started to stumble towards, towards Gringotts. Ah, oh, snails! A voice called from behind. I tried to walk faster, but the voice kept calling over and over, snails, snails. I finally turned to see Draco Malfoy rushing towards me with a smile. Good to see you, snails. I saw you coming out of Nocturne Alley earlier. Maybe you're not that bad after all. Yes, living up to the Slytherin name, I see. Another figure crept up behind Malfoy, sporting long, blonde hair. Mom stepped behind me, between me and the man as she glowered. Nocturne Alley is not a place for Slytherins. She growls as he stares her up and down. It is a place for the darkest of wizarding kind. Oh, Miss Nails. He reaches out to stroke my mom's cheek, but she immediately pulls away and reaches for her wand. If only you could see things our way. History would have been a lot more kind to your family if you could. Mom attempted to draw her wand on him, but I quickly pull her back. The Mal Malfoy family walks away laughing as Mom stares at them in fury. What did he mean by that? I ask nervously. She turns back to exit Diagon Alley, looking shaken. History would have been a lot more kind to us? Nothing of concern to you. She comments deadpan as we exit into our car. I spent the rest of the ride in silence other than listening to a few Rush albums as she stared forward, fury growing in her eyes. Time skip. My first few weeks back have been eventful, to say the least. I mean, classes have remained roughly the same, with the exception of Lockhart taking over his defense of the dark arts teacher. Apparently something happened to Quirrell that no one seems to want to tell me. I still can't shake the feeling that there's something up with Lockhart, though. The guy seems weird. Also, the first few the the new first years seem to be excited about becoming wizards. There are a few people that share Malfoy's distaste for me, but the rest all seem to be excited Slytherins. And not to mention that, I actually made a friend. Come, snails. Father wanted to teach me a few things about being a real Slytherin. Malfoy commented to me one day. No, 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 Malfoy's not my friend. I'm not coming with you, Malfoy. My family knows what a real Slytherin is, and we know that it's not what the Malfoys are. I responded with a grimace. Unfortunately, this didn't sit well with Draco, who sent his two toughs after me. At least, he tried to. 
Get away from him! A voice called from behind, and suddenly a massive first year came after the two, knocking them to the side, falling on the ground. I recognized him as Trey Monarch, a new student that had been increasingly interested in me. I mean, it was originally a bit creepy, but I appreciated the attention now. He stood at nearly five foot tall, wearing a dark trench coat. Malfoy looked at him with an attempted stare of intimidation that immediately melted into fear. He grumbled and walked away as his two cronies slowly crawl away. Sorry about that, Mr. Nails. Are you okay? I, uh, you know, you can just call me Samuel. I responded as he brushes off his duster. His arms seemed stiff and rigid. Oh, oh, thank you, sir. A few weeks later, and I finally decided to try out for the Quidditch team. Mom brought, bought me a clean sleep, clean sweep six from an old friend. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't perfect, but it got the job done. Unfortunately, however, I wasn't the only one trying out for Slytherin. What do you think, Snails? Think you can best me on that old thing? It was Malfoy. He laughed as we rose up in the air and took to battling for the golden snitch. I immediately bested him with my flying ability until suddenly a bludger came up from behind me. What the... I asked nervously as the bludger began rushing after me, attempting to beat me off my broom. I avoided it while keeping an eye on the snitch until a wrong turn sent me careening headfirst into the bludger that knocked me off my broom and flying to the ground below. Are you alright? A familiar voice calls as Draco smiles, catching the snitch. I couldn't believe it. I had been beaten by Draco Malfoy for the spot of Seeker on the Quidditch team. I snarled up at him as the voice continues to reiterate. Hey, man, are you okay? Look at me, are you alright? I looked up to see bright blue eyes looking down on me, eyes that told me everything that was alright, but I didn't want to believe them. They were the eyes of the Hufflepuff, Joshua Oak. He smiles down at me as I quickly shove him away and rush back inside. I grumbled, I'm fine, along the way as he stared, stared at me walking away, but the truth is, I wasn't fine. Draco bested me, and there was nothing I could do to prevent the oncoming mockery. Unfortunately, that feeling was going to follow me for the rest of the year. Draco continued to best me, and then subsequently mock me for it. I was beginning to believe a sad, sad truth. Draco Malfoy was better than me. I awoke one day to the sounds of commotion across the dorm, upsetting that because this was the first full night of rest I had gotten since Malfoy's cronies decided to stop torturing me awake. I looked up from my bunk to discover three small shapes rushing away from Monarch's bed. Hey! I whispered as, well, hey! I whispered as I called out to the three figures that began to rush away, one clad in a long robe. I jumped out of bed and rushed after them when I discovered... Three house elves attempting to jump onto one another's shoulders. I, uh, uh, Trey? I stared down nervously at a small elf with a very familiar face. He stares down sheepishly as I noticed the long robe around him was in fact the long black duster of Trey Monarch. I, I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Mr. Nails. Trey had to protect you, Trey. Trey had to save you, Trey, Trey is for you. The house elf comments as one of the other elves grumbles away as the other begins banging his head against the concrete wall. Look, I know your name isn't Trey. Who are you? I am Crumbles, your family's house elf. Mr. Nail's father released me years ago, but when I learned of Mr. Nail's returning to Hogwarts, I knew I had to protect you. He stares up at me nervously as the other two elves join him side by side. So I found these two friends. Two fellow house elves that wanted to follow me in my plight to protect you. 
We took the Hogwarts, le Hogwarts letter of Grungy's owner and posed as their son. Quite mischievous, which might actually explain why we're now in the Slytherin house. You knew my father? I asked with a sigh as the sound of footsteps come from a nearby corridor, forcing the three elves to hop onto each, each other's shoulders to take the form of Trey Monarch. I... I did, he responds with a bit of fear in his voice. He was a great wizard, Mr. Nails, one of the most powerful. What was he like? I ask when suddenly Snape comes rushing through the corridor approaching us. What are you doing out this late at night? He grumbles as Trey hides behind me in fear. We, uh, had to go to the bathroom? I return Snape's question with a less than confident answer. So be it. Get back in your bed, or it'll be ten points from Slytherin. He calls again as he turns with a quick swoop of his cape. And with that, we returned to our bunks and went to bed, but I couldn't help but think, what was my father really like? I mean, Trey seemed to know, and I was going to get the answers out of him. Another time skip. There's a monster in Hogwarts? What the heck? I thought this was going to be a normal school with, like, normal classes, but no! Somebody just had to put a freaking monster in the walls, and apparently a Slytherin did it! Look, this is the hardest PR campaign anyone's ever undertaken. We've got people like Snape and Draco running around in a freaking monster, slithering in the walls, petrifying kids, and I'm trying to tell people that, oh no, Slytherin's fine, Slytherin's okay. This is impossible. Anyways, Lockhart's starting up dueling classes for students to protect themselves, and you know what? I, I don't know, Lockhart. How about give us a gun? I mean, we're 12-year-old children. We don't know a lot of magic. Give us a gun, dude. There's a giant snake in the walls. Maybe a gun or a sword would do better than your stupid little class. Anyways, I got chosen to go first in my class, and I was ready. This year had been stressful enough. I just needed someone to take it out on. Joshua Oak, Lockhart calls, sending the young Hufflepuff up to face me. He smiles once again, that big, bright smile, as we, as we prepare to duel for the first time. You ready? He smiles at me as we face off. More than you know. And with a quick countdown from Lockhart, the duel begins. Stupefy! I call and unleash a bolt of stupefying magic towards Oak, who quickly rolls to the side, summoning up a defense charm to protect himself, but I wouldn't relent. Petrificus Totalis! He kept trying his best to get a shot in, but I wouldn't stop. I kept unleashing a series of attacks on him that he kept nearly avoiding. It was like it was like it took over. That power, that that strength inside of me. I don't know if it was my father's power coming out or what, but I was taken over by the magic. I continued to unleash vicious attack after attack until I mustered up all the power I had. Confringo! I call, and a burst of explosive energy shoots out and forces him to roll off the table as a massive explosion sends shards of that wooden table raining down on my classmates around us. I try to catch my breath as Lockhart reluctantly proclaims me the winner and gives ten points to Slytherin, my first ten points of the year. I step down nervously as I step, I step down nervously as I leave the table and approach Joshua. Good duel. I hold out my hand and he stares at it like it's an atomic bomb. For the first time, he wasn't smiling. Those blue eyes weren't looking at me. They were staring down. I felt horrible. Joshua stared at me, not like a friend. He stared at me with fear. 
his body was shaking as he ran out of the training hall, and that was the last time I saw Joshua for a very long time. I knew I made a mistake. I mean, I don't know what took over me, but it wasn't good. I had to find out what was going on. Wake up, Trey, I said quietly to the three house elves in a long coat. The top third, known as Crumbles, wakes up and stares at me as the two snores continue underneath him, coming from the two remaining house elves. Crumbles looks at me nervously as I ask the question that's been on my mind. You said my father was a great wizard, but was he a good man? M Mr. Nails should not ask questions he does not want the answer to. Crumbles responds nervously as I continue to stare at him pensively. Your father was a great wizard, Mr. Nails. You don't, you don't need to know anything else. Crumbles, I can remove this sheet and reveal your secret to this entire house in seconds. Tell me about my father. Your father... Your father was a good man, Mr. Nails. He responds, staring at me nervously. He was a good man until he was corrupted by a very, very terrifying wizard. A dark wizard whose name Crumbles dare not speak, he turned your father to the dark arts as he turned several Slytherins. The Slytherin quest for power is too strong to deny the Dark Lord's intentions, Mr. Nails, and your father, he turned, just as several have before him. Malfoy. I grumbled as I remembered what Lucius told us at Diagon. History would have been more kind to my family. No! No, not the Malfoys, sir. Crumble stops me before my thoughts can go any further. The Malfoys are saints compared to this Dark Lord... This Dark Lord, I, I, I don't, I dare, I dare not speak his name. Please do not make Crumbles speak his name. Say it. I try to urge the name out of Crumbles, but he refuses to speak. Say it. As your master, I order you. Voldemort. The very mention of the name sends a sp chill down my spine. I had never heard those letters form those syllables into that exact name, but it was like I knew it already. I stare at him, terrified, as the name continues to repeat itself in my head, burning. Voldemort. 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 We didn't win the House Cup that year. We didn't deserve to. Harry Potter defeated the beast in the walls and rescued the petrified students, and therefore it was only fair for Gryffindor to take the House Cup again. I knew that. I just didn't like it. Mom drove me home from school once again, and things were quiet, to say the least. The name was still repeating itself in my head over and over, Voldemort, Voldemort, Voldemort. As we pass through the countryside, she smiles and hands me a letter from my father, much like the letter I had gotten last year before leaving. Dear son, I hope your second year has gone just as well as the last. Still making Slytherin proud, I assume? Remember, my boy, Slytherin is not evil, but our lust for power can overtake us. It can make us monsters. It takes mighty strength to ignore the thrall of the power that the wizarding world can give us, but we cannot give in. We must stay strong. We must not give in. It is this lust for power that has given Slytherin the bad name that it has. Too many wizards have turned dark because of this lust. At the end of your second year, I need to tell you that you cannot give in. Your house does not define you, but your choices do. You need to make the choice 
to turn Slytherin into the proud house that it once was. I stopped reading. I mean, what was the point? Even my father turned to the dark after his lust for power grew too strong. I mean, it was like a roadmap written out for a Slytherin. Darkness will come upon us no matter how hard we try. I look over at my mom and I want to ask her a million questions. Why didn't she tell me about my father? Who is Voldemort? But I stayed silent. I knew she wouldn't tell me no matter how hard I tried. She always kept me in the dark, no matter how many questions I asked. Everything was perfect in her world. After we arrived home, I took the letter from my father and crumpled it up, tossing it in the trash alongside his prefect pen. I wanted to be the greatest Slytherin, but not if it resulted in this. Not if it resulted in darkness coming upon my family name and evil flowing in my veins. I refuse to associate with a house that thinks putting a serpent in the walls is a viable idea for a children's school. I refuse to associate with a house that calls good wizards like Joshua Oak mudbloods and wishes death upon them. From this day forward, I know I'll be a great wizard, but I will not be a great Slytherin. The end question mark <laughs> so what are you gonna do just quit slytherin can you do that look here dog don't write me into this i already wrote myself into a corner don't bring it up i'm gonna make it work okay okay the boy has to have some internal conflict all right i know i got you i'm there i'm just saying <laughs> i don't know what your boy gonna do <laughs> I mean, he could start hanging out with the Hufflepuffs, and instead of trying to get points for Slytherin, he could try to get points for Hufflepuff. I mean, like, not not like what he does gets points for Hufflepuff, but, like, help Hufflepuff win the House Cup or something like that. Okay. We'll see. I'm just saying, dog. (laughs) Oh, man. So, yeah, that's my fan. Also, my favorite conversation I think I've ever had with Emily is the fact that I read about Davi, and then I was like, I need you to teach me about house elves. <laughs> teach me the ways. She was like, why? I need to know if it is a viable idea for a fan fiction to have three house elves who just hang out in a coat and want to be a wizard. I can see it happening. Yeah. He's just got like a mask, like long hair, like when the Michael, when the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles had to go into town to get pizza. <laughs> I always think uh, of the the three kids from the Little Rascals when they go into the bank trying to get a loan. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. It's just three fucking house elves. I have given this dude like the best background. He's got. He's got Joshua Oak, who I'll be like, he's like just a normal Hufflepuff, it's fine. But then he has this drunken, cigarette-chain-smoking <laughs> owl named Bertram, and his best friend who is three house elves in a coat. And one of them is named Crumbles, which is the best house elf name ever. It's cr- I've not come up with a name. Should we come up with a name for the third one, or should we leave that to the fans? Because we've got Crumbles, um, what did I name as the other one? It's crumbles like grungy, <laughs> grungy and crumbles. Hashtag name our house elf. Hashtag name the last house elf. Yeah, so if you guys are on YouTube, leave a comment below or tweet us at a load of pure BS. 
what the third house elves name should be and we'll we'll decide um but b it's been an episode where can they find you on twitter look me up at brennasaur b-r-e-n-n-a-s-a-u-r thank you very much that's right and you can find me on twitter at scotty mo s-e-o-t-t-y-e-m-o and you can buy all my books on amazon the entire queasel corp trilogy bs versus the gods just look up scotty Moore. you can find it or you can get a free 30-day trial of audible with audibletrial.com slash bs network get you that free 30-day trial ladies and gentlemen pick up one of the audiobooks for queasel corp or queasel corp risen it goes to support us and you get a free audiobook how awesome is that but if you want to support us in other ways you can over at patreon.com slash a load of bs or by picking up a sweet t-shirt at merch.aloadofpurebs.com we design all the shirts ourselves we just released a badass fun fiction go shirt with brenna as raven and me as robin so pick that up at merch.aloadofpurebs.com and check out the other BS Network programs online at aloadofpurebs.com. If you like pro wrestling, there's Fight Boys. If you like uh, theme parks, opposite attractions, and then, of course, a load of BS, the flagship show where me and Blake Tanner are just assholes for an hour, and that's about it. Uh, so, yeah, check all that out. If you're on uh, YouTube, rate, comment, subscribe. Do it on iTunes, wherever you're listening. Every single little rate and a review we get helps. We like reading what you guys have to say about the shows. And, of course, remember, hashtag NeymarAlself on Twitter. <laughs> and if you want to submit fan fiction for next week's episode, which, B, I think it's one you're going to be excited about. Oh, gosh, what is it? I think it's going to be us diving into the world of Ponyville because my little pony, my little pony. We're doing my little pony next week. Heck yes. Yes, guys. So make sure to tune in next week, you you bronies, for my little pony. (laughs) But until then, Brenna. Stay away from baby Hitler. You are... No, no, Slytherin. Stay away from baby Hitler. What? That wasn't... What was that? I'm I'm sorry. I got the voice. That was the guy from Frozen. No, no. No, I got the voice of, um... Of, uh, Crumbles mixed up with that good old Slytherin voice. Oh, And I just want to tell all y'all to stay away from that baby Hitler. Don't go... Baby Hitler. (laughs) 